Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. It is Thursday and that means in our weekly series of Talking to Experts, we are going to be speaking with Matt Seamus. How you doing, Matt? Hey, I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. So we've had a bunch of uh, kind of subscriber questions or topics come in that I thought uh, I, we kind of organized and put together. I thought we would uh, we just run through them, kind of see, uh, see how it goes. Is that cool with you? Perfect. Let's go. So the first one is we get asked lots of different ways. Um, and that is, you know, how have you scaled your real estate investing business? And, and scale could both be from a unit count to employee count to, you know, however you want to take that. So when you hear a question like that from someone, where, do, where does your mind go first? Well, I think for, I'm in the middle of kind of our scaling journey, or I, I, I think probably actually at the beginning of our scaling journey at Driven Capital Partners. Um, but this is kind of a new phase. I, I scaled through single family homes kind of as a more individual investor before mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I, I really, I just got started with one. And I think, um, I think this was a mindset kind of evolution for me personally. Mm -hmm. I got started with one property and I had the initial thought that, you know, if I can buy one rental property a year, mm -hmm. by the time I'm 40, by the time I'm 45, right. man, my life is going to be, my financial life is going to be meaningfully different. Yes. And, and so that was kind of my thought. And, and looking back um, for me personally, yeah. that was, probably not high enough level thinking, mm. but, but there was value in it because it got me started and yeah. it wasn't too big of a barrier and it was achievable and it was reasonable. Um, and, and so I, I think, I think it was a great starting point, yeah. but I, I thought, you know, I'm going to own 10 or 20 of these single family homes and I'm just going to sail off into the sunset. <laughs> Life is going to be simple and easy and I'm going to yeah. continue with my day job. I'm going to continue with my kind of entrepreneurial side hustles that I, yeah. you know, that I have. And, um, so I, I did the first property yeah, and it went pretty well. And I, I kind of started thinking, okay, well, man, if I could, if I can do one a year, like in the spirit of thinking a little bit bigger, why couldn't I do two of these a year? And yeah. what would it look like to do two a year? Uh, and then that line of thinking quickly goes to, well, what am I talking about? Why can't I do 10 of these right. um, a year? Or why couldn't I completely change, you know, the, the, the model and do more, a greater number of units or a different asset class. So yep. that was my personal evolution kind of as an individual investor. Yeah. Uh, and I reached a point where I, I realized I personally didn't feel like I was going to be very good at managing a big portfolio of single family homes. Ah. And I also personally, um, you know, was kind of interested in learning something new and, and doing, doing things at a, at a different level. Right. Um, so that, that was kind of my, my initial evolution. And now we're, we're kind of right at the beginning, I would say of driven capital partners. And 
figuring out how we scale. Right now, it's just myself and, and my partner, Dan, in LA. Mm -hmm. um, and we lean on outside people when we can. But, uh, you know, we, we're still trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up. <laughs> and so we're, we're thinking through and having these discussions, you know, weekly for sure. Yeah, it's, it's funny you bring this up. And, and I'll freely admit that this is a current active struggle of mine, which is maybe seen as embarrassing by some, but it's, it's just the reality of where I sit today. So, so my career in tech as a software sales guy was always, we always had a big goal, right? So for example, right, I get a quota every year and let's just say it was $5 million. The first thing I would do with my team, like within five days of getting our quota is I'd, I'd pull them all in a room and I'd say, okay guys, how are we gonna get to 10 million, right? I wouldn't let them think about five. I want them to think about whatever 2X was is what we talked about. And we would always put together a game plan on how we can blow it out. Now we didn't always, but we, we always got close. I mean, one year we did 98 point something percent. Every other year we were over because I fundamentally, because we talked about the bigger goal and how we could just, you can't, you can't go from one year to the next year, just incrementally changing things. If you're going to double, right? If you're just going to go up 20%, yeah, you can just be more efficient here or more efficient there. And you can somehow squint and, and see the bigger picture. So I'm used to having just big, scary goals in my day job. But I have to admit, I've never had a big, scary goal in real estate, right? Just like you, my whole goal was, you know what? If I can get one a year and I could get to five or six, I'm going to be fundamentally different than everybody else in my entire family. No one has ever done this and blah, blah, blah. Which is true. Oh, it's absolutely true. And it was, to me, it was a scary goal. But, um, you know, that goal, you know, in whatever it was, six or seven years, right? We write about it in the book. It it. it quickly went from houses to apartments, just be given the time frame, And then the crash happens and we buy a, a ton more. But I'm very, I'm, and now I'm here, you know, financially free for a couple of years. And I still don't have what I would, what most people would consider big goals. Mm -hmm. um, at least in real estate, right? So uh, yeah, I, I, I struggle with this. Cause again, I have a couple of don'ts, right? I don't want employees. Right. Um, it's too hard. It takes up too much time. There's too much risk factors. And unlike all the social media gurus out there, I don't need more. Right. I don't. So I, I, I finally, I, I always feel this, this tug and pull on Zuber, you're being lazy or whatever versus, um, you know, go bigger. Um, so it's, it's tough. Uh, right now I'm not scaling, right. I'm right. adding onesie twosies. But I think something you said is important. I'd actually like to hear what are your other don'ts or your, your things that you don't, ah. you actively are attempting to stay away from. You said employees. Cause I think actually this informs yeah. your goals in a pretty big way. Okay. That's a good point. So another don't is I'm not going to go out of state or out of area. Right. I've looked at it many, many different times. I think Excel spreadsheets lie in hot markets. <laughs> and again, I have, I have enough, yeah. right? And I don't have this desire for some higher lifestyle where I have uh, just a Grant Cardone flash is not me, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't need any of that and frankly don't want any of that. Uh, so I won't, I won't have employees. I won't go out of state. Um, I won't buy single family homes above the median ever, right? They don't make great rentals. 
Um, I won't buy multifamily even in my market of Fresno today, uh, just because they're overpriced to the tune of a lot. Um, so yeah, that's all the real estate side. But if I, if I sort of step back now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help people, which is maybe it is a big, scary goal, but I don't see it that way is, you know, try to help people change their financial future. Hence the book, you know, it's, it's really ramping nicely, you know, several hundred copies a month now, uh, which is kind of cool. It just came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. So maybe that's that maybe I need to step back and think about how to double or triple down on that side. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really beating myself up, frankly, because I don't think I have a big goal today. I'm doing, right. I'm doing stuff, but I don't have a big goal. So maybe we need to talk <laughs> offline and you need to kick me around a little bit. Well, if you're going to, let me, let me play the, if you're going to play the devil on your left shoulder, let me play the angel on the right for a moment. Okay. All and right. Just, and just give you my, uh, or, or at least a, a, an argument. Okay. So I actually think if you, I actually struggle with this too a little bit. I'm very, very self-motivated. I'm very yeah. self-directed and just kind of have like a, I always have, I have like an entrepreneurial, like I'm not going to wait for someone to tell me what to yeah. do. Kind of have my own vision. Yeah. So I actually think when you have strong principles, um, like I don't want to build a big business. I don't want to have employees. I yeah. don't want to um, create a flashy environment that I'm a part of. I actually think you steer yourself into um, into a way of being and a way of going about your business mm-hmm. that doesn't require you to set crazy goals. Yeah, you you are um, you know when you when you if you if you thought back to your corporate days when you would talk to your team about doubling the goal yeah. that was set by the company. Yeah, I would bet that during that initial discussion and immediately afterwards, there's a combination of, of a couple things. One, excitement, mm-hmm. um, but two, a little bit uncomfortable, a bit of uncomfortableness or yes. like yeah. feeling of unease. I'm a little bit outside my comfort zone here. Yeah. And those two things are actually really positive for pushing someone into gear. Right. But for someone like you and for someone like me, I think, we don't need that. Right. Like we're, we're very self-directed. We really know kind of what we want. Mm-hmm. And even if we don't articulate it to the outside world, our day-to-day is driven by the principles that we have. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to set a big goal in order to yeah. um, believe in the, believe in the, in order to come up with principles that will get you to that big goal. Yeah. I don't think I articulated that in a, in a great way. No, you did. I, 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 yeah. This is, and again, I had done this for a decade, right? And like if, if someone had worked for me for a couple of years, they knew it was coming, right? But if you were, if you worked with me for the first time, right? Sales teams change, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was actually very uncomfortable. I could see people visibly squirm in their chairs, right? When I came in and talked about 10 million to use the 5 million example. They would like, they'd go, what are you talking about? I thought my number was five. Why is it 10? What are we doing? Oh my God. Did my number change? Oh, I'm freaking out. <laughs> right. So I, it was on purpose. And by the end of the day, we would always spend eight to 10 hours. New ideas were created, game changing stuff. Yeah. And people left excited. It was, it was an evolution to watch. So you nailed exactly what happened. So it, I need to bring that to 
my real estate. I've never thought about it that way. It just became second nature in my DNA as a sales leader, but I've never brought that to my real estate game. So maybe we'll get together for lunch someday and beat each other up and get on a whiteboard and, and see what happens. Um, well, there's a whole, but there's a whole other topic here, which is, and this is actually not talked about enough with goal setting, you know, discussions, I don't think, but, and you, you know, this from being in the corporate and the tech corporate world, mm -hmm. it's really easy to set a goal mm -hmm. and then go down a path to try and achieve that goal and have all sorts of negative <laughs> economists would call this a, a negative externality or a negative consequence that happens yeah. as a result of doing what you think is the right thing. But there are lots of different ways to get there. And yeah. There are lots of things that you might trade off on the path. And if you're narrow-minded on a big goal, you're going to trade off a lot of other things that you may really, if you step back and think about it calmly, you may not want to trade off on. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is I think about this question of scale. I've just kind of played in my head. Where have I added scale over the last 20 years? Uh, so when I started out, scale in my business was my network, right? I knew no one in Fresno. Uh, so I took a personal goal to fix that. Um, so I tried to meet three to four new people a week. You know, phone calls were fine. Uh, during the crash, uh, scale came from access to capital, right? Because banks turned us off. So first it meant a couple of hard money deals, but then it meant private money, right? Yeah. So, you know, we went from raising, you know, hundred thousands to well over a million dollars in private money. Today, interestingly enough, the problem is deal flow. So that's why I created the hub in Fresno uh, to basically create an environment that would eventually attract business, mm -hmm. uh, whether that be via wholesalers, which there are now four in the office or agents, which there are two. Um, so now as I step back and think about this uh, scaling aspect, I've always attacked the weakest link. Uh, so in the beginning, it was my network. In the middle, it was access to capital. And at the end, it is deal flow. So as I think about the question, we have certainly attacked it. I just never had a goal, right? I said, okay, that's my weak link. How can I fix that? So um, that's an interesting question that caused me to think a lot. So thank you, whoever sent that in. <laughs> uh, any last thoughts on that one? No, I mean, I, I think it's open-ended enough. There's a yeah. lot there. And, and we are, you know, we're both in, the, in some form of growing something, right? Yeah. You're growing your presence at the hub. You're growing your, your book sales and yeah. you're growing your presence as an authority to, you know, to attempt to help people. Yeah. So I do think it's valuable to get jolted out of your comfort zone, especially when you, you feel like, um, you know, what you're doing is important yeah. uh, and you're not going to get there uh, with your, with your own, uh, maybe with your own regular daily kind of thought patterns. Yeah. So I, I think, I think it's an interesting topic, uh, yeah. uh, but, but I, it's something I'm thinking about weekly. Cool. All right. Next up, next question is who else, if anyone, works with you and what do they do? Yeah, so for me, it, it's, it's just my partner, Dan. Um, I would say, you know, we're, we're the only two employees. Now, that being said, we rely on a lot of other people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, we, and, and we, we, we try to engage or hire experts uh, whenever we can. We try to hire people that are a lot smarter than us and a lot more specialized than us yeah. uh, whenever we can. And we're willing to pay uh, a premium to, to do that. What we don't have and what I don't know if we ever will are employees. Yeah, I think similar to you, 
I don't have any ambitions to create a big company. Yeah. What I want to do is own high quality real estate. There you go. You know, so and I want to, I want to create some flexibility in my life and create some, uh, you know, just a, a really positive, um, environment and do work with people that I enjoy working with mm -hmm. and work on problems that I find challenging and interesting. Yeah. And so that none of that means building a big company. Yeah. And I think there are lots of things that I would personally take on that I really am not interested in taking on if I wanted to build a big company. Mm -hmm. So part of what, what Dan and I are working through today is how big can we actually get with this current infrastructure right with this current model yeah and so I, we don't know yet yeah we don't know <laughs> we don't know yet yeah um how about you i know you said you don't have any employees but yeah no employees uh but you know in fairness i have a i have my wife my partner she's she's been in she's been at this since the beginning i've given her full full credit for keeping us in the game when maybe i wanted to walk away after that first horrible experience she did lots of the bookkeeping through the early years right when we were when I was out finding deals and traveling for work. Uh, so instrumental part of the team. She's also has the veto power. I've talked about a couple of times because I was so laser focused on deals. I sometimes missed red flags mm -hmm. and she would come in as an independent third party and say, what are you doing? Stupid. No. And, and I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't argue that was kind of our agreement. Uh, I do have a couple of key points of contact uh, in Fresno. Cause again, I don't live there. Right. We have enough size in our portfolio we, where we have a single point of contact at our property manager. We probably communicate daily, usually via text on something. Um, the owner of the company uh, is someone I can call anytime and ask questions. Uh, and then I have five or six agents that I probably talk to monthly just to figure out what's going on in the market, right? Up, down, what's moving, what's not moving. So plenty of advisors, but yeah, no employees. Uh, obviously, I have eight or nine people at the hub. Uh, that I probably talk to weekly or every other week, depending on how much business we're doing together. Um, so yeah, no employees for sure. We'll never do that. But uh, you got to talk to, this is a people business. I've said that in the book, right? People don't realize it's not spreadsheets. It's not <clears throat> sticks and bricks. It's a people business. Yeah. And it's not necessarily who you know, but who knows you um, to get stuff done. So uh, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And you, you said something that made me, um, reminded me of, of a point that I think of probably a lot of people that maybe are watching or listening to this are, are considering. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty independent and I've started business ventures without a partner in mm -hmm. the past. Um, one of the things that I personally found really valuable is actually having a partner that I can uh, I can bounce something off of or that I can bring a problem to. Yeah. And that person has a fresh perspective. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of mentioned this with your, with your wife. Oh, absolutely. It's so valuable. Yeah. Uh, you can, you can easily, especially if you're an analytical person, you can easily get stuck in your own head and in yes. your, your spreadsheets yeah. and uh, behind your computer yep. and feel like, man, I'm making, I'm moving. I'm moving. Yeah. Does that mean I'm making progress? <laughs> And so I yeah. think it's really valuable, at least for me and my personality type, to have someone else that can check me. Yes. And and that I can say, hey, listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is why I like it. Here's yeah. the risks that I see. Um, but you haven't seen it yet. You tell me what you see. Yeah. And um, tell me if I'm crazy or tell me if I'm completely underselling this. Yeah. And what I found interestingly is uh -huh. 
most of the time I'm underselling it. I'm like way too hard on myself. And this brings me back to, you know, of course, every deal that I looked at that I was pinching, pinching pennies on saying, man, I don't know. It's too, it's a little too tight for me to, to really uh, take this seriously and make an offer. Yeah. Uh, Every one of those deals in the last, you know, most of those deals, I should say, especially in the run up of like 2012, 13, 14. Oh yeah. Every one of those, you know, have, have crushed it. And yeah, rid of home run. Yeah. And I, I just look back and think, well, what, what would have happened if I would have had a, a partner then that was, that was basically filling the yin to my yang, filling yeah. the gaps that I had. So I think that's really valuable. It doesn't need to be a, a true partner. Yeah. It needs to be someone that you can bounce ideas off of yeah, and someone that, that, that yeah. you respect. Yeah. I think that's an excellent point. And, and, and I'll say it again. And just frankly, I, I wouldn't be financially free without Olivia, her guidance, both on the, on the yes and the no side was and, and, and for anybody that knows both of us, she is clearly the more intelligent one of the two of us. So, um, you know, I give her full credit for, for all of that. So very, very cool. All right. Here, this had to be interesting. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how you answer this one. Do you have a clear vision on your next one, three or five years? So uh, this kind of goes back, I think back to our goal setting yeah. conversation. I mean, the, at a tactical level, no. Yeah. No, I Same. I, I, no, I don't, uh, no, I don't have, I have, I couldn't even tell you my one year plan. I am now tracking. I do put out a, a weekly series every Sunday about my goals and activities, but those are 13 weeks at a time right? I'm doing this four times a year now. It's, I just think you need to look at them crisper in that. I think the market is changing uh, and evolving in such a way. Um, and again, I don't have that big, like you're right. Yeah. The goal conversation. I don't have that big goal that I need to, you know, keep running up after. So well, yeah, here, here, I, I have no goals. One, three, and five. Here's what I would say though. Okay. So, so the initial like surface answer to the question is no. Yep. But if you dig one layer deeper, I actually think you and I both, just in talking with you, both yeah. share a pretty strong vision that we can each articulate for oh, yeah. our future. For sure. And I, I actually think that's more than what the average person has mm. or can say. Yeah. I think it's so easy. It was for me. I, I just, I was there yeah. to just go to work. Yeah. Come on. I don't know, like, yeah. I'm, like this week I'm, I'm engaged and excited. I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm trying to get promoted. Right. Uh, and I'm very actively doing lots of things. In uh, another week or another month or another stretch of three or four months, you're just kind of coasting and you're, yeah. you're waiting to get home and yeah. waiting for the Netflix, um, you know, whatever show you're watching on Netflix to yeah. appear and you don't, you don't have any motivation to do much in your downtime or over the weekend. Yeah. And, I, those periods personally for me are, are few and far between, yeah. but that's just because I have, I do have a strong vision for myself. Right. It just doesn't manifest in the form of a goal that I can articulate to some yeah. third party. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. I think that's well said. So let, let's, let's take this last one on. Uh, how do you tackle goal setting? Cause we just said we don't, and we said we do. So how do you tackle goal setting? Well, I, I think, I think goals 
in in some in many ways i think are more important yeah the bigger the organization you have for sure right? sort of that northern kind of, light right that's right they're meant to align you know the herd and say like this is where we're headed right you know? and i think when you're when you're doing things on your own and you have that clear vision in your own head it becomes le- it actually becomes less important and, and even detrimental at times to have a, a specific goal that you're chasing. Yeah. Like Dan and I could set a goal of acquiring 10 new properties in 2020. Right. But, and we talked, we honestly, we talked about setting a goal like that, Yeah. but it would be, it would actually be burdensome and it wouldn't be what we really want to achieve. Right. We want to buy 10 properties if we can find the right deals. Yes. We don't want to be, we don't want any artificial constraint that, that tells us subconsciously we have to go do something. Right. Even though if, if we look at all the pieces of the puzzle, it doesn't quite, it doesn't actually achieve what we want to achieve. The goal is just a, 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 a the goal is just a roadmap to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And I think we know pretty strongly where we want to go. Yeah. So goals like that, we just don't, uh, we just don't. Yeah. Have. So this, this is funny. This is where my experience might be helpful for you. Uh, and and I'll, I'll sort of share what I do and see if it could um, help you, help you too. So first yes, and foremost, you got to have a big goal. You said 20, right? 20 houses in the year. That's actually not what you want, right? You want 20 good deals or whatever the right answer is. So how I break my goals down. And I, I, I so first off, I believe goals are important, even individually. I believe they have to be the right goals. I believe you have to write them down. Uh, I believe you have to share them with others. I believe you have to track them and you have to honestly look yourself in the mirror at some interval so you can reassess. Mm -hmm. This is why I talked about earlier. I now do my goals and I share them with this YouTube audience every Sunday and I map them over 13 weeks. So I change every four, four times a year. I have a health goal, a business goal, um, you know, a one rental at a time goal. And these are all various elements that are, that you can track. Like one of my goals is weight, right? I got, I got to be 204 pounds, which was the heaviest I'd ever been. And I'm like, we're fixing this. Right. And then that goal meant it wasn't the 204 had to come down, but no, I had to track how many days a week am I working out, right? Increased calorie burn. Uh, How many days a week am I doing intermittent fasting, right? Calorie intake. And, um, you know, how many days was I vegetarian, right? These are all things that I instituted and now track weekly to get lower than 204, right? The 204, less than 204 is not the goal. It's these three building blocks that track that. Um, And I do that for all of my big goals. I have five different sections. Again, I talk about them all in nauseam and I look about them every week. And there's, there's been no week, and I'm just about to do week 13 this Sunday, that I've hit every goal. I've missed every week but it's different, right? Yeah. So if your goal was to do 20 deals, I would tell you it's, all right, how do you do that? How do you break the steps down? That means you probably have to look at 20 a week. That probably means you have to talk to three new brokers a week. That means you have to do, you know, I don't know what, what they are, but that's what you should break down. That way you can feel good that you're doing the work, even if you end up with no deals this year, right? right? You broke the process down into <laughs> digestible chunks that you can track weekly and then you'll feel good at the end. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. So that's what I would tell you to do with your, 
goals. As I would tell you to get with your partner, I would share them. I would have them publicly displayed, you know, on your desktop or whiteboard or somewhere. And you should talk every Monday or Friday or whatever works best for you. Um, because yeah, the end goal is doing 20 great deals, but there's individual steps to get there. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. what I would tell anybody, whether it's a weight goal, a health goal, a business goal is break it down into digestible chunks, right? Start early and, you know, be track yourself religiously because goals are very important. It keeps you focused. And then there's nothing better than looking at a goal and going, shoot, I didn't do that this week. Guess what's going to get a lot of focus next week. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think goals are important. Yeah. Anything you want to say? No, no. I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. I mean, so that I, I think this is one of those areas where I, I, I for whatever reason, I just have this uh, blocker that I, I'm just not good at, at what, you know, traditional goal setting, yeah. um, you know, coaches might say yeah. I should be doing. Well, we're so close together. We should get, uh, we should get coffee sometime in the next couple of weeks. I'll help you with your goals. If you can help me think, uh, think bigger, I, that might be, that might be a fair trade deal. Just uh, in, in two minutes, why don't we talk about our spouses? How involved are your spouses in your business? Um, so Amy is not involved at all in the business. Okay. Um, she's involved in the, all the things that go on behind the scenes that allow the business to be. Yes. Um, yeah. And so uh, she, she's been unbelievably supportive. Uh, yeah. which you need, you need in your partner and your spouse. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do something, you know, risky, entrepreneurial, um, she is open-minded and she is, she shares uh, kind of the vision with me of where we want our lives personally yeah. um, to be. Yeah. And we just are bought into the fact that this is the appropriate path yeah. and that, that there are sacrifices. Yeah. And, and, and you know, so, so that's where she's really um, kind of plays the primary role is, is being supportive and, um, and also providing, you know, she, she has a stable income. Mm. We uh, were on her health benefits through her yeah. employer. Uh, so these are really valuable things and she loves her work, yeah. but she also has, we have two <laughs> young boys at home. We have a third on the way. So you know, she is, uh, she is definitely kind of the anchor of the family that makes yeah. everything, you know, happen. We all orbit around her. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, on my side, um, as I've shared many times, Olivia is the anchor. She frankly picked up all the work I didn't do or didn't have time to do in the beginning. Um, I'm glad you brought up the word sacrifice. Some people see that as a dirty word. The only reason we were able to achieve financial freedom is because we were able to sacrifice together and jointly, mm -hmm. understanding needs versus wants, living below your means. Keeping up with the Joneses is a real thing in the Silicon Valley, and it can set you up for failure. Um, we never, we, we had some rough days going to housewarming parties and the like, uh, yeah. but we, 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 we stuck together and did it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the best thing I could say is I wouldn't be here without her. She was the driving force. She did all the she did all the hard work that I didn't want to do, and uh, thankfully, she started enjoying financial freedom five years ago because she was out first. Um, so it, it was the least I could do. And again, I loved my job until the very last day when I got a boss I didn't like, and then I left. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, spouse, spouse is so important. Oh, so critical. important. 
critical. So, so Matt, this has been a lot of fun. I love this weekly series. I look forward to next week. I think next week we're going to talk about all things taxes because I have my tax session this weekend. Perfect. So, so get ready and uh, let's have some fun. All right. All right. Sounds great, Michael. Thank you. Have a good yeah. one. You too.